TY Skin podcast is being held on the lands of the Wurundjeri people, and I wish to acknowledge them as the traditional owners. We would also like to pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and Aboriginal elders of the other communities who may be here today. Hi, Tanea. Hi, Yanni. How are you? Welcome to episode four of TY Skin. Welcome. I can't believe this is four. It's flown. I know, it's crazy. So today we're going to talk about one of the most common conditions that we see affects up to 90% of the population at one time in their life. Oh my goodness. Acne vulgaris. Wow. I I just want to quickly say we're in person today. We're in person. So stunning. We are like literally sitting across each other. Not Not social distancing. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) We've been breathing on each other's faces all day today. We've just done treatments on each other. So we're glowing. I look like a tomato. Yeah. But tomorrow you'll be glowing. Absolutely. So can't wait. Can't wait for that. So acne. Acne. What is it? How do we treat it? What are we going to be talking about? How we treat it? Types of acne, grading scales of acne, ways to treat it. How you? What? What contributes to acne? Everything. And yeah. I mean, it's definitely something we see all the time. It's really common in teenagers, very mm-hmm. common in males in teenagers as well yeah. when they have high androgens, which yeah. are male hormones, which women experience yeah. as well. Really common in women during the ovulation, Absolutely. during their menstruation. Hormone we- changes. Hormone changes, post like menopausal women. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, it can affect anyone at any stage of yeah. life. Lifestyle factors. Stress. Acne mechanica, which is, on, which is from things like clothing, sweating. Masks. Masks. We're seeing that a lot now during COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Like during this pandemic, we're seeing a lot of acne mechanica. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what I'll do? Me and Tanea actually made like a little resource for school on acne mechanica or maskne. And we'll pop that in the description. Yeah. That'll be that'll be good. That's a great one. It's got little things of like what ingredients to use and how to manage that while we, you know, we're going. I'm doubt that we'll masks will be gone anytime soon. Yeah. So yeah, that's got some good tips on how to um, deal with that. So we might start by talking about types of acne. Yeah. So let's do it. Basically, most commonly we've got blackheads, whiteheads. Most people know that. Yep. So we've got... And these are non-inflammatory types of acne. Yes. So this is like quite common. Most people will experience these yep. sometime in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, what are they going to look like on the skin? So basically we've got our open comedones, which is our blackheads. Mm-hmm. So these we will see more on our T-zone, which we've spoken about before. So more of that nose forehead area where you're having those higher proliferation of sebum and that oil flow. Basically, it's open, so it's open to the air. So this oxidizes, and then it goes dark in color, and that's why you get that dark appearance. Yeah. And it's called a blackhead. Mm-hmm. And that's usually just the top, so like if you ever get extracted, it'll come out yellow too. Absolutely, yeah, yeah they can vary very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got whiteheads. Whiteheads. Yeah. So our closed comedones. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it has this kind of like really thin piece of skin almost on it and it's not exposed to air mm-hmm. so it's still white in color um and yeah the pores covered basically by a little skin so um if you ever go to see a professional like a dermal therapist or even some beauty therapist or a dermatologist they will like try and like lance it so they'll like poke a hole in it and try and extract it for you if you need absolutely um often when when these progress further that's when we start to see them turn into inflammatory lesions yeah 
and it is white actually because of the leukocyte production in that um those white blood cells coming oh. in to fight the infection that's, a, that's good to know mm. Mm. well at least you know your body's doing its job 100 percent. they're getting in there and they're killing that bacteria so that's non-inflammatory non-inflammatory so when then we get to the inflammatory type of acne yes so starting off we have things called nodules yes so these are solid they're hard they're sore yeah they're red and they're over so they and they're and they're kind of described by their diameter too so yes. anything over five millimeters in diameter and it's not filled with pus so it's like a hard lump yeah like they these are the kind of pimples that you might have and you feel like they're under the skin you try squeeze it but there's actually not nothing in nothing. there or you might get a tiny bit out but and these are the ones that kind of start to impact your life more i would say because they have that pain painful yeah. element because of that inflammation yeah absolutely they're kind of like they're, they're similar to a cyst cysts are a bit bigger mm -hmm. you you still will get pain with the nodules oh absolutely yeah. the nodules are like the next step up yeah so our nodules are larger mm -hmm. more inflamed and they have that contents to them so yeah. these can kind of although they're often so painful that people won't try and extract them mm -hmm. but they will can burst and have a lot of the sea acne is present a lot of that infection mm. you can get a lot of like pus that semen build up and blood mm. it's yeah they're these are the ones that are yeah very taxing and this is when it gets into that like that severe acne when like things canalize basically canalizing means is when thing when the acne little whiteheads or even pustules start to form together and yeah. create like a canal underneath so basically, basically when you've got it sitting in that single sebaceous gland and it's growing and you're getting that infection in there it underneath the skin it's actually like breaking that tissue underneath and becoming larger and then it can come into the next sebaceous gland which is next to it so if you've ever had just like kind of visualize when you have a pimple and then one pops up right next to it and you're like what why does it have a siamese twin yeah nodular is like that but on steroids like joint at the hip literally and not then, in a good way and that brings us to cysts so cysts are large and painful and they're swollen mm -hmm. and they're red but they have like a little bit of a light bump almost yes and they don't have a head and they, they're really painful too yeah these are the ones where um normally if your acne is at, at this stage you will have multiple because it's very systemic mm -hmm. something is very uh dysfunctional yeah. um so this is almost a point where we refer onwards to oral medications um because it's so inflammatory a lot of our um treatments to reduce acne are inciting some sort of inflammation so this is where a sy like systemic medication does really come into play here yeah absolutely and we'll talk about that more later but like really like when the systemic medication comes into play it's like it's about working together with the doctor absolutely like working with their professional advice we don't want to work against each other we're trying to create like a network of like suggestions absolutely and, and the best option and the best combination and this is something i want to um say as well is like when we start to get into these more severe types of acne or any acne that's inflamed you really run the risk of scarring especially if you're going to be squeezing them or if it's a prolonged you know you've, you've got this DIY. yeah if you're having this kind even sometimes if you're not squeezing them that mm. inflammation and you're having that breakout the breakout's finished but your body can't replace that tissue fast enough mm -hmm. so that's when you're getting 
different types of scars, which we will touch on later. Yeah. Um, so And they are very hard to treat. That they lack are. of tissue is very hard to treat. When, when you get into this like kind of like really severe cystic acne, it's like that's when you start getting like intralesional steroid mm. um, shots. So basically what that means is that a needle is put into the cyst and a steroid is injected into it to deflate it and mm. basically like get rid of it straight away. So that's that it's it's a it, it's it's somewhat invasive like if you think about it of compared to th- something like a like a peel or like led that yeah. we do yeah really um so yeah that's cysts yeah so then we have papules so papules are like hard tender red lesions and they're not filled so mm-hmm. it's basically like a really red spot that you get mm-hmm. they're pretty standard they're pretty like i mean like they can be mistaken for like if you've popped a pimple yes when you start to have that mark left over afterwards that little scar yeah so usually when people have like lower grades of acne they will have a mix of both Mm -hmm. um papules and pustules so papules you don't have that pussy element you don't have that head you you know there's not much to squeeze it's still a little bit inflamed um and then pustules you've obviously it's easy to remember because you've got the pus (laughs) yeah yeah basically and like people find that on that like early onset of acne like acne vulgaris especially they'll have the papules along with whiteheads and yes. then blackheads and that gets more severe as it gets yeah harder. and once we start talking about grading too like once you usually get to grade two acne or grade three it's very easy to jump up the grades yeah. if you're not taking care of it if you're not treating it properly and that brings us to pustules so basically they're a papule like like that red bump that we were talking about that red lesion but now it's filled with like a yellow or white head yeah so what's happened here is you do have that congestion you've got all of those dead skin cells but now you've really had those sea acnes come in and they've created that that pus with that like sebum mm. they've broken down that sebum you've had that you know that inflammatory like um stuff come in to try and break down those see acnes mm-hmm. and that inf- like stop it becoming an infection basically yeah and then you get that pus which comes out or gets just broken down yeah. depends if you're squeezing them having them extracted extracted or yeah mm. i want to like quickly point out that like basic like acne vulgaris is a inflammatory condition mm-hmm. so i want to po- point out for everyone listening that is it is like a condition and needs to be treated as such absolutely it can't be like it's like rosacea dermatitis things like that like you need to get a professional to assess it like there's so much like diy stuff about it and we've all fallen for it like of course like we all have as a teenager like who you're desperate like avocado and honey on their face you are so desperate to treat it but i think it's one of those things where it's a condition and something is causing it so having a professional do a deep consultation Mm -hmm. and figure out was what it is give you the tools you know and sometimes it is a matter of supporting the skin while it's going through changes especially when you're a teenager Mm -hmm. or you've just come off the pill or you know when it's something that you can identify and you are going to get through it and this thing is going to better itself it is a matter of supporting the skin i think a lot of the times people will want to go hard and fast and get rid of the breakout like strip the skin and that is because it's an inflammatory condition Mm -hmm. then you're inciting more inflammation and it's going to make it worse so it is something that when treated this freak out thing that people go through absolutely and we see you know do not remember when we were younger i certainly remember it was like if you have acne or oily skin do not use moisturizer like that is so wrong yeah uh, yeah, just exfoliate every day. Literally, just use St. Ives apricot <laughs> scrub three times a day. Our favourite. 
No. Absolutely don't. not. We I, do not. I hate that do, I even gave it a platform. <laughs> we do not endorse. So, yeah, so that's basically like acne, like the types. So when you come in to see a dermatologist, maybe even a GP, but especially a dermal therapist, you're going to get, we're going to, they, they will grade your skin. Yes. So basically there's like lesion counting, there's like severity grading, and then there's things like assessment tools. So we use things like Woods lamps and Maggie lamps. So yes. do you want to explain maybe like what, a woods lamp and a maggie lamp is for people and how that relates to acne of course so a maggie lamp is a magnifying lamp usually we'll have some light on within it as well so it really gives us a magnification of the skin so we can have a look right up close and personal at those lesions see what they are see if they're papules pustules nodules what kind of is going on if there's a hair in that area as well like a zoomed in naked eye yeah zoomed in absolutely um, we're also going to be using our sense of touch and things as well. That's really important. Yeah. That's a massive tool. Um, and then our woods lamp, which we love. Our woods lamp is um, a light which is emitted into the skin. It comes out blue. It's ultraviolet light. Ultraviolet light. Um, it comes out blue. And then it basically is reflecting things in the skin that we cannot see with the naked eye. So we can see all of your lipids so that's sebaceous activity and that comes up looking like little orange dots to us normally you know people will this will be visible in any areas like the t-zone where we have more oil but if you have any breakouts and things it's very like visible so that's great to see as well um and to assess the person's oil flow and how that's contributing to Mm -hmm. it um, we can also see like dehydration, pigmentation that might be sitting a little bit deeper in the skin. Yeah. Um, it's a fantastic tool, mm. absolutely. Generally when people get older, in their 20s and their 30s, even like well into their 40s and 50s, they will see that like they will have a bit of acne, but it mainly will be that like that post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation people will treat. Mm-hmm. And then people, you know, who are still in their teens and 20s who are suffering with like that primary start of like their acne have that like coral color almost yes. it's like that oil flow indicating okay there's some sebum production here mm-hmm. there's some oil flow that's probably what's contributing here and Absolutely. you can and you can tell someone's picked at their scars because it'll show up in the woods lamp it'll oh, show yeah. like as like a dark purple kind of hue and the thing is as well like depending on what we are seeing with the woods lamp and oil flow is telling us okay what do we need to do to support this skin if you're lacking that oil we want you to have like a more hydrated skin because you're a little bit dehydrated and a dehydrated skin can mean that you know those acne lesions going to last for longer you're not getting that accurate healing in the skin if you have really a strong oil flow we're going to use things to bring down that oil production like our salicylic acid so this is like giving us a whole like you know look into your skin at what we need to do to bring things back to a homeostasis and normal function so that we can reduce the acne yeah absolutely um and we'll, and we'll go over like what contributes to acne because there's like nearly five to six different like contributing factors oh, yeah. and and within like, the, their umbrella terms so there's so much oh absolutely and like depending on the person because everyone's acne is different like and you everyone, might need to target something different like the inflammation or the oil flow and the thing is for every single person you're experiencing all five or six that you said yeah in different ways yep. but we will chat about that later yes so that's that's kind of like our assessment tools in terms of like physical things but we also use written things too yeah so there are a lot of different type of things called algorithms that we use so algorithms are basically either a definition 
or a classification where you fall under or it's kind of like a calculation yeah and so these are things that are really helpful to clinicians because this enables us to compare like uh, before and after an intervention so you can come in and you you might be a five on the grading scale you come back after our product and peel or whatever we're doing and you might be a two so Mm -hmm. it's it's a way for us to quantify what Mm -hmm. we're seeing yeah and it's like you know like if anyone's ever like thinking of like getting the acne treated i guess don't ever think it's like a thing of like if you're a five or a four you're like you have really terrible skin it's just about like managing your skin and like making sure you're on the right path if there's improvement absolutely like because when you are seeing your own skin every single day it's really hard to notice the differences and the changes mm -hmm. because you're seeing it every day and we're so hard on ourselves of course we really are so there's so many different types of acne scales there's there like really over, is. Like, you know, like, there's no real one type of acne scaling. Um, but me and Tanae have, like, compiled a couple that we think are really effective and ones that we use even. Yeah, and they're kind of like, we've read a few that are similar to what we use um, and we'll just kind of break it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so take it away. So we've got, like, a the global acne grading system. Or like there's a global acne severity scale. Basically what they do is they give you a grade. Um, for this one example is zero to five. And so we've got clear, almost clear, mild, moderate, severe, and very severe. And then within this, you can grade different areas of the body. So you could be like forehead, grade five, cheeks, two, you know? Mm-hmm. So it gives you a really good way to quantify and overlook, like do an overall assessment. Yeah. Um, so for clear, We've got normal clear skin, no evidence of acne vulgaris, of course. Almost clear, so this is a value of one. So we have a rare non-inflammatory lesions present. So this is like the occasional breakout um, and they resolve. Then we've got mild, which is a two, which is some non-inflammatory lesions. So these are our like papules and pustules and open comedones. Um with like few inflammatory lesions and no nodulistic lesions or cysts moderate three so we've got non-inflammatory lesions predominantly and multiple inflammatory lesions um and so several to many comedones papules and pustules um and there may or may not be one or two nodulistic lesions so this is the kind of like two or three which i just spoke about where you've got a lot of colonization of those bacteria there's some dysfunction happening so mm-hmm. if if it doesn't really get treated at this stage it can jump up the levels quite quickly yeah definitely there's like that it's like a slippery slope almost yeah. yeah um so then we've got severe four so this is inflammatory lesions which are more apparent many comedones and papules or pustules and there may or may not be a few nodulistic lesions mm-hmm. again and then we've got very severe five which is highly inflammatory lesions predominantly a variable number of chromodones many papules and pustules and many nodulistic lesions so this is when we're talking about our severe um, conditions where we're most likely going to do a combination of treatments and oral yeah definitely yeah when it gets that severe part like there needs to be multiple interventions yes like multiple like professionals like doing something about it yeah working together so that's kind of like a way like Tanae's explained of like it's like a grade it's like a definition for something Mm -hmm. so there's like also the global acne grading system or gags 
So basically how this works is that each location of the body is given a factor. So mm-hmm. for example, there's forehead, right cheek, left cheek, nose, chin, and chest and upper back. So for the forehead, forehead has a factor of two. And then in the description, it gets given, if you have papules, it's given a number two. If it's pustules, it's given a number three, nodules, number four, and like so on. Yeah. So basically what you would do, so if you have a, if your forehead has only papules, so only those, you know, those kind of like those red spots, it would be two times two. So it'd be given four. And then you basically like assess the whole and rest of the body. And you're given an overall score at the yep. end. Yeah, yeah. And then that your grading is that overall score. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's a great one as well. That one's good. I guess that one just would like, it that, just be like time consuming. And that one is um, a great one to encompass the whole body. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Different. Yeah. So basically like that's just an overview of like those two things. It's like what you might expect to see in a clinic mm-hmm. and any dermal therapist like listening, like that's something you could incorporate. Absolutely. Because they're, re- they're really effective. Like algorithms are really good in measuring progress because you know so many people like you said like are like oh no like I haven't seen anything. Well here's some photos and here's some descriptions of your acne absolutely and even the fact of like if you have inflamed acne and you know you're on a treatment plan and then the only reduction that you've still got acne but it's much less inflamed like that is so positive so good that's yeah that's really important what one once you take out one factor of your acne it starts to become way easier definitely so um yeah so i guess the different factors we'll move on to now the different factors for acne are your androgens so your quote-unquote male hormone mm-hmm. um which during, everybody has women and men women men intersex everyone has literally every androgens. single human being um just depends on your androgen levels so yeah if these are disrupted um there's lots of like androgen disruptors you know different medications can change it puberty period like they are changing daily but Absolutely. if there's a dysregulation here that's when it can be present on the skin and usually, like, with androgen increase, it's usually paired with, like, you know, for women especially, they'll notice it more. Like, cis, cisgender women, they'll notice hair growth on their face. They'll notice... Yeah, that's excessively. They'll yeah. notice, like, uh, body weight being put to their mid uh, their midsection. And that's when, like, PCOS comes in. Yes. PCOS comes into So that's what play. I was going to say. So, yeah, any condition, hormonal conditions like PCOS, even endometriosis. Hirsutism. Yep. Alopecia. Mm-hmm. Um, it can really have a whole range of uh, things. That's abs- a whole other topic. Yeah, definitely. But that, see, this is a indication when we would see someone coming in if they are presenting with multiple, like, things as well as the acne, that's when we would refer on also because... Yeah you can identify that this is um, an androgen issue. Yeah. So, like, people, like, listening who might have had, you know, hormone issues, you might, like, you know, might have gone to an endocrinologist. They would test, you know, like, your free serum testosterone in, like, Mm -hmm. your bloods. They would test your luteinizing and follicle-stimulating hormone levels and just basically checking it. And progesterone as well. And progesterone, yep. Yep, definitely. And um, not to say, like, I know we're talking a lot about how it's internally driven, like, this is always best treated topically by a dermal clinician because you're always going to have that see acne colonization and that build up of your keratinocytes so if we can manage that we're helping the condition along like don't ever think that oh it's internal so i can't help it Mm -hmm. there's so much you can do yeah absolutely and Mm -hmm. both married up together is 
perfect. So good. So that's yeah. what, yeah, we always recommend working interprofessionally mm-hmm. and tackling it on both yeah. ends. I guess we started with a pretty, like, big one, but, like, that's very, like, it's so realistic. Like, so many, so people, many people have people. hormone issues. Yeah. And PCOS is such a huge issue. And, like, even with PCOS, they'll do, like, ultrasonography on their pelvis to check for... Polyps, you know, yeah. Polyps or, like, polycystic ovaries. Um, okay, so the next one is like sebum production yeah so that ties in perfectly to follow from androgens because high androgen levels stimulate sebum production yep and it follows from what we were talking about last episode Mm, so absolutely so we're talking last episode about skin types if you want to go listen to that um oily skin is really highly co-opted with acne yeah absolutely because you've got more activity there's more food for your sea acnes yep. <laughs> basically yeah it literally is so yeah. yeah in our previous episode there's some really good tips on um ingredients to use for that um and it's something that can be so managed with skincare yeah so what's our next one um follicular occlusion so basically this yes. is like you know the follicle blockage so having a build-up of dead skin so not exfoliating and cleansing your skin is not you're not having that skin cell turnover your skin off the top is not being removed Basically, it's plugging where you're having that sebum production and that hair. Then you get those acnes coming in and you get a breakout. So if we can do things like regular exfoliation and controlling that cell turnover so we are less likely to get that plug, we're going to reduce and prevent the breakouts. That's a simple one. Yeah. (laughs) No, honestly, it's really simple. And, like, there's so – like, exfoliating. Mm. Like, literally exfoliating will, like, help with that so much. Mm -hmm. Um, Vitamin A, increasing the cell turnover. Vitamin A, glycolic acid, salicylic acid. Oh, could go on forever. Literally. That's covered in the previous episode. (laughs) That that is, yeah. It's covered in episode two. So, yeah, like, if you want, like, help with, I guess, skincare. We will pop in the show notes when to go, like, what time it is to get to the oily section yeah we'll do that yeah um reducing c acne proliferation so this is c acne is the bacteria of acne um so preventing that proliferation is basically like by do by stopping the the last two that sebum production and that the the follicle blockage antibacterial ingredients yeah definitely that helps as well because they are just antibacterial antimicrobial yep yep so like antibiotics help with that that yeah that's how antibiotics work basically they're stopping the proliferation of the sea acnes Mm -hmm. um so we do have topical products that do that as well but basically if anyone's ever been prescribed like doxycycline minocycline that's what they act to do they're stopping the proliferation of that acne bacteria so that you basically don't get a breakout Mm -hmm. Um, and because it's working on a systemic whole body level like people who have it on their chest and their back and their face it's going to help everything it's, ha- yeah. it's affecting every part of your body <coughs> so then excuse we'll, me so now we have decreasing inflammation this is the biggest one for me Infl- like acne is an inflammatory condition so there are so many things in the body that can cause inflammation in our gut in our skin um and like environmental factors and all of this is attributing to the actual cause so if you're going to do a deep consultation a deep diagnosis find out what your inflammatory causes are you are going to help it so much you're going to help every single aspect of the um the acne coming about so and that's why i guess it's it's so important to be like open with who you're talking to because you might not think that you having a cigarette when you're stressed out is a problem but that's contributing to acne you're stressed you're, you're, you're stressed you know like talking about you know oh, i've just gone through a breakup and now you're getting acne. Well, 
stress that, causes inflammation stress causes inflammation diet causes inflammation um yeah the, smoking alcohol like masks too masks. or any sort of like occlusion not just masks but mm, yeah so much like there's so many things that you may not even think and even clinicians might might be experiencing the same thing and they just mm-hmm. don't know like it really takes another person to be like that's it that's the change that's what's happened yep. a really well studied factor for diet is dairy Mm-hmm. Uh, and dairy products. Yep. So, yeah, I have previously in my practice, like consulting with people, they'll say, "Oh, I don't really eat much dairy at all," but they have whey protein. They have things that have little bits of dairy, and yep. that combined over a day is actually like consuming quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and often, like even if it's not going to remove your acne, it's going to severely reduce it. Um, so that's well researched and that is the case for some people so that's a really great place to start and an easy change to make yeah we also I have s- cases especially if you're the type of person to be like i've tried everything you know mm. there's people who have like i've done everything i've been on the antibiotics i've been, i've done the peels i've done the micro all that stuff it might just it, it honestly might be an internal thing absolutely like, and it's not just dairy it's things like gluten too sugar sugar honestly the thing is everybody is so different everyone's gut and gut health and you know experiences are so different so it's about finding things that are inflammatory to you and things that you might have a sensitivity to so like for me i can eat gluten all day every day like that doesn't bother me um but some people might have that sensitivity and it might be so little that you don't feel sick or, you know, you don't have that real reaction. But mm. it might be a matter of reducing it and, you know, trying to play around to see what is actually affecting yeah. you. And it's good when you can identify these things because your skin's a reflection of your internal organ, like your internal system. So mm-hmm. if you're reducing something that's causing inflammation throughout your whole body, you're doing a massive thing for your overall health. Yeah. Completely. Can't agree more really like nail on the head with that one so um i guess we'll go into more like you know the the science portion of it you know that doctor portion Mm -hmm. of like when does systemic therapy body all over body become viable yes so i think that's something that we see a lot is the prescription of antibiotics roaccutane before any other intervention which makes me a little bit sad for some people because it has a place absolutely but when it's um incorporated too early without people trying other things or identifying what's causing the acne it's Mm. like you could have avoided that yeah absolutely um you know like antibiotics like yeah it's getting rid of like it's helping the bacteria in your skin but it's also like playing a, a a a, a part in your gut oh too. absolutely and like we have, need that bacteria and people in our have gut. stomach cramps that's why you have to have it with food like it's so important so yeah like, you really are killing your microbiome basically yeah and and there's a lot of rebuilding that has to happen after that you know mm-hmm. for a lot of people so seven years to get it back to what it was oh wow mm-hmm. really yeah it's crazy that's so interesting um so yeah i'm think that yeah it takes a lot to support it and mm. to rebuild it so if it can be avoided of course i mean for some people they have to like it's impacting their lives yeah. so there's a place absolutely but if you ca- if it can be treated with other things and it's like you know chemical peels and home care why not yeah absolutely like 
it's always make sure like always important like if you if you have been on antibiotics or you wanting to be on antibiotics for your acne and you've spoken to a doctor like Absolutely. Ju- just be open with your doctor and speak to them about you know like what you're experiencing like are you having the stomach cramps i'm talking about like are you not really seeing any like progress you know like it does take a while um and it's oh my god especially like with antibiotics like wear sunscreen oh yeah and like, that's yeah that's to, a like, massive thing it's photosensitizing like yeah. and that'll just like like the controversial opinion but like honestly like the pi the, the post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation so that dark that dark spot you get after an acne is way worse than like the acne yeah, itself. yeah i honestly see that all the time like people who have acne most of the time they've got a few um active acne lesions but the rest is the post-inflammatory erythema and pigment yeah and these are like the marks that are left and they often mm-hmm. for people who are very acneic way more taxing on their lifestyle it yeah. makes it look so much worse than mm-hmm. it is um so wearing sunscreen like you said yeah. massive preventer for that I and exfoliation pe- i guess people just don't understand like when a doctor because like you know when i was on it as a young kid like you don't understand what photosensitizing means so like basically no. like you like it basically means you're more you have a higher propensity to burns from the sun you have a higher propensity to you know like sc- like have inflammation. that big inflammation yeah. pigmentation so it's really important to like wear the sunscreen um and it's hard because people who are being prescribed this photosensitizing medication are people who are going to be less likely to use the sunscreen because it feels oily and acneic people do Mm -hmm. not we've been taught that no like when we were younger that we don't want that on our skin so it's a big it has to be a big shift you Mm. know and that comes with education education like and commitment to like your you know your yourself you know Mm. like and like you know it's never like a thing of like well if you have acne you need to treat it like if you feel like you need to treat your acne then like you know like go ahead like there are so many resources for you and we've made those um we spoke about in the oily skin and the other skin type um podcast about like the the sunscreens you can wear as oily skin there's there's so many options options now like it's amazing yeah um Okay, so like isotretinoin. So mm-hmm. this is commonly branded under Accutane. Yeah, and in America and other countries, it's often called Accutane. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, yeah, that's the umbrella term for it. Mm-hmm. That's high strength vitamin A. Yeah. So basically, it's recommended to treat severe nodular acne. Yes. And it's taken orally. And it can be like it, it can be prescribed for moderate acne that's resistant to treatment. So if you if you've been on the antibiotics and didn't work this is probably the next line of therapy and from what i've observed is there's many ways that they're treating this now at lesser dosages Mm -hmm. whereas in you know maybe five or ten years ago it was much stronger much more side effects so i think that yeah it's come a long way Mm -hmm. and this is more of like i feel like people like this is more serious than like antibiotics in terms of like the side effects you get definitely Um, you know that drying of the skin the cracked lips the um sensitivity to the sun this is like this is like an ongoing kind of joke about people who go on this medication walking around with a tub of vaseline like because they're so dry (laughs) it's so true though like we see so many people that like that are like this and like Mm. it's hard like there's no lipids in the skin there's no sebum no oil um scant we call it we call it scant (laughs) yeah um so hormonal therapy so so this is like i just want to say like 
the contraceptive pill yeah. is prescribed Glasses. to every single. You can be like a teenager, and you know, doctors will be like, "Would you like to go on the pill for your skin?" It's handed out like lollies, yeah. and this has seriously serious implications for your. Um, like hormonal development you don't ovulate which is so important like you don't produce progesterone mm-hmm. um it really is a band-aid yeah um so that's a very common one but basically that is giving you fake hormones so like they're steroids basically mm-hmm. um which are acting in place of hormones and so you can see how this stops the production of hormones and therefore stops hormones stimulating and androgens stimulating the sebum in your skin giving you acne so Mm. that's how that works basically that's very common yeah it's very common and like i guess what what i read about this in like journal articles is that like it's a good starting thing so for people who are getting that severe inflammatory acne it's good to start this oral um you know the oral uh spironolactone or you know the mm-hmm. what you're talking about to start with standard care treatment so that basically you know like you're reducing it and you're you know you have some sort of like window of opportunity mm-hmm. it's like you know get a skincare regime down absolutely get, get, like, you use, get, it's a good combination option absolutely is, yeah. um especially it, just, if you're using like um like a contraceptive for that reason as well mm-hmm. you can uh, do both and but it's something to like, be mm. i think is something where the side effects are not spoken about enough um and the long-term effects and kind of uh really thinking about if that's something that you want to do rather than just doing it yeah because it's so common absolutely and needs a lot of to be more get, awareness a lot of about people that get really like complacent on it too and that's i guess where the problem lies like i mean the the medication itself isn't bad it's just more that like ongoing Mm. like ongoing um apparent you know giving out of it you know absolutely a lot of a lot of people get like complacent on it Mm. really because it's like a band-aid they're like oh it's not here anymore oh how often do you hear like gps being like would you like to use this to regulate your periods but when you're taking it, you're not actually having a, like a full menstrual cycle or a period. No, it's like it's stopping it. Yeah. You're having an anal, like a fake bleed, basically. Yeah, fake bleed. Yeah. So I think that uh, that's something that I'm like really passionate about is mm. like educating women about their own cycle and like what going on the pill is actually doing to your body. Like people think that it's fixing it and regulating it, yeah. but it's really a band aid. Mm. And um, and we just I think that's so fine. Like that's fine. That. For a lot of people, especially like we were saying, people with hormonal conditions, it's so necessary. It has its place. It's a great option, but you need to be completely aware of what you're putting into your body, basically, before you make that decision. I think that's really important. I think so too. Mm. Yeah, especially like when 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 you are dealing with hormones, it's a big thing. Even with isotretinoin, even with antibiotics, it's like it's a thing that you're administering to your whole body. So mm-hmm. it's something, you know trusting your doctor seeing someone that you you know who is and reputable. asking questions asking questions 100%. yeah um so yeah those like those deep-seated nodules and like things like the lower face lower neck they're, they're really, very they're, hormonal areas they're really responsive to hormonal therapy and that's something as well that um 
we should have mentioned with the grading scales like there's a lot you can see that online there are really good facial mapping it comes into a lot of like old chinese herbal medicine um different areas of the face like you were saying that lower half of the face is very hormonal different acne on different areas of the face can indicate different causations different Mm -hmm. health issues or like factors so that's really interesting part of it as well it is really interesting and i mean it doesn't come under like western medicine that we look at but it's so like you know like if you can incorporate like chinese Mm. uh medicine it's so good like and i've been to a a a chinese uh, medicine doctor and it was amazing like it was so cool to see the different approach they have um and like you know the comments about acne it's like they did acupuncture for my acne and like they said like oh you know like the shape of your nose and the shape of your ears like it's just like gut issues mm. i was like that's wow like absolutely who would have thought you know yeah it's so interesting all of that stuff and i think like i would never yeah i think it's amazing it's just about finding what works for you yeah and yeah i'm the biggest believer in like seeing naturopaths and natural healing kind of things um even though we obviously study science and it's it's not supported in like the science field there's not many studies about it and things like that but i think like supplementation and things like that have shown to really support your skin yeah. and they can make changes so that's a great its, option as well has its place absolutely, absolutely. yeah <laughs> um myths of well that, that was i guess like really good to talk about like the systemic part but like yeah what myths have we seen because this is like such a huge thing um let me like (laughs) let me like confess (laughs) when i was younger and i think this was very common toothpaste on the breakout toothpaste things that go in your teeth did you ever do that absolutely (laughs) but i'm just saying like it's so ridiculous to think that it would it, it helps us you know like yeah like i look back and i'm like I'm disgusted in myself. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I was honestly, desperate. Um, but that falls into the category of, like, drying your breakouts out, like, mm. using things to dry them out, spot treatments. Mm. I just want to quickly say, because I feel like people who get acne get a really bad rap about this, and I used to get this a lot. I want to read this out. I got this from a, a really good journal article. Okay, go off, sis. There is no clear evidence that acne vulgaris is related to poor hygiene or that frequent face wash face washing lessens acne amazing period point blank period well that's the thing it's like you could be washing your face with something that is making it worse like you need to be prescribed what you're using to absolutely treat it. and people overwash their face and like this journal article said like people should be instructed to wash their face gently with warm water and mild soap twice daily rough scrubbing can cause new lesions because of the rupture of the acne absolutely and that impairment of the barrier if you're really impairing your skin and disrupting your skin your skin is going to produce more oil to make up for that yeah so we really need to love our skin (laughs) yeah love our skin support it Mm -hmm. um you know don't hate your skin don't try and strip it and get the Mm -hmm. acne away like work with it absolutely I'm like, I mean, and it will thank you yeah i mean it's so easy to fall into that stuff like i mean like you know like when you're a kid like and adults give you advice like you obviously like take on what they're saying mm. but like they don't you know a lot of people don't know any better because they're not professionals you know yeah exactly so yeah um i want to go through some other myths because i feel like it's really interesting to um, go through. let's talk about the sun so uh, going in the sun is or going in the sun and seawater don't even that falls under drying it out like that's just not true no way tans tans can 
really temporarily make the acne look like it's difficult to see. Yeah. But and that drying out, you're obviously getting less sebum production, but it's the same thing. You're going to get that rebound sebum production. The drying of the skin means your oil is less of like quality. It's going to hyperpigment. Yeah, and you're going to age. <laughs> yeah, literally. And you like you get higher like people who spend so much time in the sun. Like I mean, like literally, I spoke about it on the podcast that like when I went to Greece. I went out and tanned because I literally thought it was going to make my acne look better. Yeah. And I it's had still such a myth. That, it's such a myth. And it's like, it literally made my 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 spots look so dark. Mm. And I got burnt too. So, like, it literally increases risk of, like, melanoma too. It's not even just about acne. It's about, like, literally... Your, your skin your, health. Your health. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, like, washing your face frequently helps prevent acne. No no way mm-hmm. like it does help like washing your face like it helps with the build up over the day or after you've just slept but like people really fall into that overwashing too much yeah absolutely stripping overwashing yeah. like very dependent on what you're using as well yeah absolutely um what other myths have you have you heard um, that you want to share popping pimples and spreading the bacteria <laughs> gives you new breakouts not true not true not true so basically you're like once your sea acne bacteria is exposed to oxygen it's not going to proliferate anymore so i'm not saying like go crazy and pop them all but um if you're come if you're going to have a treatment or you're too scared to even touch them and spread them that's not true Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no that's a very good point because i feel like people yeah go either way with that they either like go crazy and pop them or don't pop them at all but Mm. like you know extracting is very different to like yes. popping them at home because mm-hmm. like you know when you go oh this leads me on to another one yeah. this is something my mum told me i'm sorry i'm so throwing her no. under the bus with this Ooh. but exposed <laughs> exposed when i was younger she told me that when you squeeze a pimple you have to get blood to make sure it's all out like seriously that oh my god i totally forgot about that did like, you I'm, hear that as well yes that's just crazy. Like, if you've removed all of the contents, you like you want to get to a point where you've removed the contents, but you haven't reached blood because mm-hmm. if you're drawing blood, you've created a huge injury, yeah, and you are running the risk of scarring, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, Infe- reinfecting the place. Yeah, that's so far from wrong. <laughs> under your bloody nails, you know, like I mean, like look, like you you might not think that like people who are listening, they might not think there's a difference between us popping it in a clinic and then popping it at home but there's such a difference because we have to adhere to so much health and safety hygiene wearing hygiene wearing gloves and we know how to do it in a way where we're not causing any more inflammation in the skin and in that area like we're literally just aiming to remove what's there Mm -hmm. and that's it that's it in the nicest way possible and then we pop you under the led (laughs) (laughs) love it always always um so yeah those are kind of like the myths yeah. That we hear, there's which are really frustrating. There's probably so many more I could think of mm-hmm. about this. And I'm going to pop it in the description because, like, I feel like other people... Like, it's really, like, readable, the thing that I found that people will enjoy. Yeah, that's a fun one. Um, treatments. Oh, my God. So, like, finally, we're going to talk about and finish it off with treatments. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, you're going to be wanting to use things that are going to... So, this like, is, like, tri- we're going to talk about, like, treatments that dermal therapists use. Yep. Skin care, too. Mm-hmm. So basically, this is going to be treating the 
the lipid portion of your skin, so that sebum production, but we're going to be helping to reduce your oil production and we also are going to remove that buildup of dead skin off the cells, off the top of your skin, so we're not getting that plugging and that that breakout. Um, so we do things that are going to exfoliate the top layer of that skin, so mm-hmm. we've got things like microdermabrasion, mm-hmm. which is super common. Mm-hmm. This probably isn't not probably this isn't performed if you do have that inflammatory um component to the acne i'd say anything over the over a grade one acne yeah and, or a two. And yeah maybe a two like i mean like if you have a couple of like inf- inf- you can inflammatory avoid lesions you can work around them yeah but when it gets that kind of like invasive acne not really no, like yeah. totally like avoid because you're going to be putting you're physically exfoliating the skin, right? Like you're putting something over to a. a, a you're to inciting be a lot of inflammation. Yeah, and you don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Then, yeah. So and that's very classically found. Micro is such a. Yeah, it's been around for so long. It's yeah. very popular. Like if you go to most clinics, they have it, right? Yeah. Um, so then chemical peels. We love chemical peels. Love them. Um, such a range of them. Like there's so many different ones that we, upon doing that assessment, and that combination ones that we can select to treat the skin. So to treat that, like, antimicrobial, that, like, C-acne component. Mm-hmm. Um, salicylic to treat that, like, to down-regulate those lipids. We might include a lactic to in- increase the hydration. Yeah. And then all of those are exfoliating, so they're breaking down the bonds between your cells, removing that top layer yeah. so that you're less likely to get that plugging. This is, such a, this is such an indiv- individual thing. Like mm. like we said, there's so many different factors to acne. People might have other, you know, um, things associated with their skin. They might have dry parts of their skin. So yeah. things might not, not one peel is going to be for everyone. But, you know, like a really cool peel that, you know, like I've been discovering more is like things like a Jesna peel. Yeah. Which a Jesna peel is basically a combination of a lactic acid, a salicylic acid, and a citric acid. Mm-hmm. So basically this is a combination of like small percentages of an AHA and a BHA, like the lactic and salicylic, to really give you like a good benefit of like hydration, anti-inflammation, and like... Sebum control. Sebum control, keratin and breakdown. Exfoliation. And exfoliation. Like, stunning. Yeah. It's so stunning. It's so good. It's really good, especially for those combination type skins. Mm-hmm. Like they'd really benefit from this. Absolutely. So yeah. Um, that's for chemical peels. Mm-hmm. Mandelic is is also like kind of good, I think. Yeah, I mean, it just depends. It also depends on so many other factors like um, your Fitzpatrick type, which is like your ethnicity, colour of your skin, your ability to hyperpigment. So many things we take into consideration mm. um, as dermal clinicians. We've got other things like blue LED. Mm-hmm. Blue LED is wonderful, non-invasive light that you lie under. And um, oxidizes. 415 nanometers, so it's basically a very superficial um, light that's being emitted onto the skin. Mm-hmm. So it is oxidizing that bacteria and actually killing those P acnes, basically. Yep. Um, it's wonderful. It's such a great treatment. Mm. And that's good for any inflammatory lesions because you're not upsetting the skin at all. It's really, yeah, um, yeah it's comfortable. Mm. You're not upsetting the barrier. Yeah, great treatment. Yeah, definitely. And, like, you could even, like, it doesn't just have to be, like, 
it doesn't have to just be blue LED, but like, you know, if someone comes in for a chemical peel, if you come in for a, mm. a chemical peel, like we can do, dermal clinicians can do things like a, a red LED or an infra, a near infrared LED to help yeah. with healing yeah. and the inflammation to like reduce all of that. Chemical peels, love them, but we also have things like retinol. Yeah, so things you can do at home. Mm-hmm. Um, in our previous episode, we spoke a lot about them. So like things that retinol, really good to increase that cell turnover, mm-hmm. help with that oil production and the plugging. So that's a fantastic one. Yeah. Make sure that you are prescribed one by a dermal clinician because the formulations vary mm. crazily. And like, yeah, it helps with the blockages, like you said, but it also helps with releasing pro-inflammatory cytokines yes. so these are things in your skin to help with the inflammation of the yes. acne and too. this depends on the formulation mm-hmm. absolutely yeah um, and there's so many different types like you can go from really light like retinaldehyde all the way up to things like tretinoin absolutely there's the whole family mm-hmm. um vitamin b really good really yep. really good good for brightening that antioxidant capability for that post-inflammatory erythema and pigmentation sebum mm-hmm. good for sebum that's a really good all-rounder that's tolerated by a lot of skins yeah definitely that's a really nice that's a really nice product to incorporate one. in mm. a good cleanse is good um of course you want to be removing those lipids something like a salicylic acid you can use which is helping with those lipids mm-hmm. um and the breakdown of that congestion yeah um, a lot, like you can even find in cleansers like a lot of at, like chemists too um, they sell things with benzoyl peroxide in them yeah so there's a thi- take it away benzoyl peroxide <laughs> so these are like your antimicrobials basically so they are really effective in treating like inflammatory diseases so they basically prevent the resistance of C acne that bacteria causing mm-hmm. acne to antibiotic therapy so a lot of people you know can be resistant to the antibiotics they take or isotretinoin and Accutane mm. um, but benzoyl peroxide are really good like it's really hard to be resistant you can spot treat with that as well yeah yeah you can yeah it's really really good with that um, and it's like moderate moderately like you know like it'll moderately break down you know those comedones mm-hmm. and you know really help with even being anti-inflammatory yeah. initially a lot of people get that like that redness and like a lot of like you know like really dryness from that benzoyl peroxide but over time people do get that like anti-inflammatory benefit from it mm. and pairing it with something like a vitamin b really help tolerate it yeah I and think. slowly introduce like a retinol absolutely and it's like an anti like benzoyl peroxide is like found in like so many different forms like topical washes foams creams gels mm-hmm. leave on mm. wash off and like they range in such different like strengths so like you know making sure if you haven't been on something like that before start in the low strength obviously course, like you know yeah. build, build yourself up mm-hmm. um because once you've impaired that barrier that's a whole nother issue yeah absolutely so go slow for yeah. sure and then i think another thing that like we really need to speak about is hydration like yeah. it is so important to hydrate your skin and support your skin oh absolutely acne loves a dry skin like dry over exfoliated skin there's no like acid mantle in our skin to help protect us from the acne yeah. in in that really like dry like over exfoliated yeah, healing as well so that's when we see a lot more post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation and erythema mm, absolutely and that's a misconception as well like acne skins don't feel like they want to hydrate their skin yep. because you do have that oil component but it's really important to prevent over proliferation of oil mm. and prevent acne yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think we've covered everything. We I think we've covered like so much. Like, I mean, 
you know, if you want to look into, you know, more skincare, like we said, we have that episode, that um, a podcast episode on the ABCs of skincare. Yeah, and I hope that this episode helps people understand more what type of acne they might have and then where they can go from there, really, and yep. think about treatment options mm-hmm. and um, what might be causing it. Mm. I just hope basically, like, people get an overarching, like, idea of acne they you know like we busted some myths hopefully mm-hmm. for you guys and you know like clarifying things for you because it's 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 hard sometimes to like be given like wrong information and not know where to go absolutely well thank you all for listening as always if you would like and subscribe that yep. would be great but also we still have our google form up so if there's anything you'd like us to cover in future episodes we're always open to ideas absolutely and if you've enjoyed this episode um we are now on apple podcasts Yay. so um if you'd like to if, if you you know enjoyed this episode make sure to leave us a five star and um write a little comment <laughs> well, come and we might read it out. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening, guys.